Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. Today, I am troubled. Some would say I am on the verge of being extremely angry, frustrated, upset. The emotional reaction that I feel is real and it is valid and this feeling comes from an understanding of the absolute departure of well-meaning individuals, highly educated individuals, people who have years and years of training, education, science backgrounds, who have studied for years in theological seminaries and have written documented their positions in books, in articles, literature, and we have in turn read and assimilated their ideas. And these pontifical renderings have for many of us created the foundation and the framework for how we see the world, for how we interpret information, for the groundwork, the assumptions that we create in order to function in life itself. This issue is of such monumental importance that it causes me to feel great emotion, great upheaval of why is it that we as humans are so gullible? Why do we allow ourselves to go down the proverbial rabbit hole in life and then act as if we found the truth? Today, I'm going to discuss one verse. One verse 
from the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. One verse from the Word of God. And this one verse, when carefully understood, unravels the entire framework of hundreds of years of theological understanding, of theological teachings, of theological foundations, which are merely assumptions based on highly motivated, intelligent people who are intent on tricking you into believing a lie. Just for a moment, imagine that everything you have ever been told, everything that you have ever been taught was a lie, was not true, was fake, was just complete garbage. Just imagine. Now I know you're saying to yourself, well, that didn't happen. That couldn't happen. I'm a smart person. I went to school. I had good teachers. I got a great education. I have a degree. I have multiple degrees. So I should know the truth. But just imagine that the information that you were handed was so convoluted from the get-go, so distorted from the start, that the assumptions that came along with the information you were taught caused you to have a blind spot. And it is that blind spot that has led you down the rabbit hole you call your life. Today, we're going to look carefully at the underlying factors to one of the most fundamental ideas presented in the Word of God. This fundamental idea has been written down, translated by the translators of the Bible in phrases, in words, in connotations, in a historical manner to the point that we ignore the facts. In my previous podcasts, I have delineated in great detail some of the most absurd 
theological teachings on Hades, hell, the underworld, the afterlife, the spirit slash soul of man, the non-existence of the soul, the fact that the soul is not immortal, the fact that the Bible does not teach Greek philosophy, the fact that the Bible presents a completely different framework on how to achieve immortal life, immortality, than all of the other philosophies which we find in the Greco-Roman-Egyptian systems. The Word of God, the Holy Bible, the words of Jesus, the Christ, fly in direct opposition to the theological positions of modern-day fundamentalist evangelical Christians as well as the Roman Catholic Church. Let there be no mistake until we decide to set aside all preconceived notions, all preconceived ideas, until we decide to embrace the absolute truth wherever it is found, we run the risk of being led astray. We run the risk of losing eternal life. Remember that Jesus the Christ said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. There is a way to be assured of eternal life. Jesus the Christ said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus the Christ also said, the words that I speak unto thee, they are spirit and they are life. We must accept the words and the ideas presented in those words of Holy Scripture to give us the enlightenment, the understanding, which leads to eternal life. In the beginning was the Word. 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It is this Word of God that must be understood correctly, correctly dividing the Word of Truth is essential to our eternal salvation. In order to experience the glorious future, we must make up our minds that we will discard all preconceived notions all assumptions which do not adhere to the word of God itself. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's begin. Proverbs twenty twenty seven. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. King James Bible Translation. This verse, which was translated into English from the Septuagint, the Greek Hellenized Hebrew Bible, brings with it all the trappings of a cloak which obfuscates the actual truth of the verse itself. In the English Standard Version, this verse, Proverbs, Chapter 20, verse 27, is stated this way. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. The Berean Study Bible writes it this way, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching out the innermost being. So of course the first question we have to ask ourselves is what's the same about all of these 
translations, which are all using the Hellenized Septuagint Old Testament to translate this verse into English. What is the same about the words themselves in English and what is different about the words themselves? Well, we can see right away that the consistent word is the spirit of man or the spirit of a man. Each of these translations want you to assume that the word spirit indicates something which is in man the spirit and you ask yourself what's wrong with that well that's the only thing the translators kept the same everything else they tweaked question is why so we see that in the English standard version They changed the word candle of the Lord, which was in the King James Version. They changed it to the lamp of the Lord. When we look at most modern translations, they all prefer the word lamp over candle. And of course, you have to ask yourself, why? But then again, what's the big deal? A lamp, a candle, a flashlight, a bulb. What's going on here? So then we think to ourselves, well, maybe it's because most of these Bibles were translated a long time ago. But let me remind you that most of these translations are fairly modern. It is true that the King James Bible was originally written sometime around 1611. However, it has been re-translated, updated, revised, and given all sorts of footnotes in just the last two or three years. So, when we make the assumption that the King James Bible is somehow the oldest, that really is not factually correct. So then the question is, why is the King James Bible the only widely read translation which has incorporated the word candle? As in, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Whereas the other very modern translations use the word lamp. Well, if we take a quick look at any modern lexicon, which dissects each word into its proper 
original setting, at least that's what they attempt to do, a number is given to each word. So let's take a look at the word spirit, as in the spirit of man. The very first thing people conclude, and they don't even give it a second thought, is that obviously the Bible is saying that man has a spirit, slash maybe soul. Well, if you've listened to my previous podcast, I deconstructed the soul to the point that it doesn't exist. The Bible does not teach that man has a spirit slash soul. So that when we read this verse, we can just ignorantly say, well, there's the word spirit, and it is the word of God, and God doesn't lie, so I just accept the verse the way it's written. Well, that's what you do when you can't read English. That's what you do when you can't read a dictionary. That's what you do when you're not educated. You just make assumptions and move on. We're talking about the Word of God. We're talking about rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Jesus the Christ emphatically insists that we will know the truth. But how will we know the truth? Will we know the truth by just simply ignoring what we're looking at and not studying? The Bible is very clear. It says study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not be ashamed. Timothy was admonished to do that. To study. Why do we send kids to school. It's to study. Because we know that the only way to learn the truth is by diligently studying the Word of God. So, let's look at this phrase, the spirit of man. The word spirit is taken from a word in Greek, which is the word pneuma. But we're reading the Old Testament, so somebody will say it should be the Hebrew word, not the Greek word. Let me remind you that the Old Testament is being translated by the translators from the Hellenized Septuagint Old Testament which was translated into the Greek language. So we are no longer looking exclusively at Hebrew or Aramaic but rather we are taking our cues from the Septuagint version of the Old Testament. So let's take a look at what the lexicon says about the word spirit. This word, spirit, 
is from the word given a number and that number by the Strong's Concordance is given a number of 5397 What's interesting to note is that in the lexicon, although they refer to the word spirit, they immediately let you know that the Hebrew word nishma means breath. 5397, the number given by the Strong's Concordance, which numbers every word in the Bible, says it has been translated into the English word 5397 has been translated into the word breath, spirit, soul, air. So that we now recognize this verse is being tweaked by the translators to make you think that the word spirit belongs there, that the word spirit is searching the innermost parts of man, that the spirit, similar to the Holy Spirit, is doing a work because the spirit is alive. It's like a soul with consciousness. At least that's what the Greeks taught. But the Bible forbids Greek mythology called mythos. The Bible forbids the study of mythos, calls them fables. We have not preached unto you vain fables it's what is taught in the Holy Bible is not a fable we are not to understand words ideas concepts in a Greek Greco Roman philosophy and then apply that philosophy to the word of God itself. So let me be perfectly clear. The translators are lying to you when they insert the English word spirit into this verse. The actual word that should be there is breath or air or wind. So that the breath of man is searching the innermost parts of the belly, the innermost parts of the human body. And that's exactly what oxygen does. It 
links itself to blood itself, to the blood cell, and oxygenates the blood cell, which then goes throughout the entire body, giving life to the human corporeal system. Remember, there is no soul. There is no spirit of man. Yet the translators wanted you to assume that because they used the word spirit in this verse, that somehow it caused a spirit to exist. So that's the first disclosure. This is just one verse. We see that the translators themselves are trying to trick you into thinking and assuming a theological position, a theological construct that is non-existent in the Bible itself. So now, let's re-read these verses from two different but same versions in English. The first translation is the King James Bible which says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. And then the new King James Version, which was translated maybe Ten years ago, updated, and it's now known as the New King James Version. And it says the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So Let's understand something here. Why is the King James Bible and the New King James Bible saying two different things? One of them says that the spirit of man searches out the innermost parts of the belly where the New International or the new King James version says it searches out the innermost parts of the heart. What's going on here? Is it your belly or is it your heart or is it neither? So the first thing we recognize is that the translators who wanted to change the word candle changed it into lamp. And this word lamp has been translated from the word given a number of 52 
16. And this word lamp has been translated as a lamp, a candle, or a light. So that they want you to think that something about the original language, the Septuagint language version in Greek, is corresponding so closely to the Hebrew, Aramaic, that this word candle can be changed to the English word lamp. Okay. They're both items that create light. It's the light issue that we say is the important part of that word. It's not really whether it's a lamp or a candle. But wait a minute. Perhaps the translators are trying to move away from being identified with a candle. Why would that be? Well, if we look carefully at Zen, we will find a very ancient question within Zen philosophy. And that question is, when a candle has a flame and the flame is blown out, where does the flame go? It is important to note that in the philosophies and religions and traditions of Japan, China, Korea, Asian cultures, there is no acceptance or understanding of a soul slash spirit in man. Humans do not have souls and spirits. So perhaps the translators were trying to move away from the candle analogy, so they inserted the word lamp in English. Like I said earlier, the flame, the candle light, the lamp light, the light itself is the issue, is the important part. Whether it's a candle or whether it's a lamp is not as critical as the fact that the light is in fact the breath of a man, not the spirit of a man. So what we then see is that this candle, lamp, light, all translated from one word in Hebrew, has been given great importance in a way to emphasize the aspect of the word 
spirit. So if you have candlelight, a fire flame, a lamp light, a light, period, we equate light with something real. And immediately the translators connected that to the word spirit. Something which the Greeks believed was older than the body and therefore superior to it. It was a real thing to the Greeks. But the Word of God, the Holy Bible, does not hold that concept, does not teach that concept. And yet, hundreds of thousands of theologians teach that the soul of man is immortal and either goes to heaven or hell to either praise God or suffer in the flames of hell for all eternity. So that we can see that in this one verse, this theological absurdity, this theological lie is being inserted in the words spirit, as in spirit of man, and the candle flame, the light coming from the lamp, which searches the innermost parts belly, heart of man. Now let's think about that for a second. The word heart is used many times in the Bible, but we never think that the word heart should be taken literally. But when we see that the King James Bible used the word belly, most people would assume that the word belly means literal belly. Why? Because in modern day English, we don't use the word belly in a metaphorical way like we use the word heart. The word heart has become a classic way of representing love. It's a classic representation of something else. We say, I love you, but we just put a little heart there. So we say, I heart you. But everyone in modern day America, modern day English, recognizes that symbol of a heart to represent something else. So in this verse, both words, spirit and heart, heart or belly represent something else. They should not be taken in their literal English word sense. So let me be clear. The Bible is consistent. The Word of God is one. The Lord, Jehovah, 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about The Dark Light Podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.